Bears. Harry Potter has a scar. That man has Florida. Welcome, everyone, and pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight, we have episode 104, entitled Jared Frank. Jared is from the east side of the state, which is why Brian won't be with us, because he (laughs) doesn't care for that side. Actually, Brian's in Florida. But uh, Jared is a graduate student at Pitt. He volunteers with Young Life in Penn Hills and sits with us at the table virtually every week. First-time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and if you can, give us a five-star review. Jay, what's this podcast all about? Well, no matter who you are, at some point in time in your life, you will feel alone. Being alone is as bad as anything gets. Things are great, but you feel alone. Well, they're not as good as they could be. And if things are bad and you're alone, well, things just got that much worse. There's a Bible verse, Romans 12, 15, which states, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from feeling alone and what this podcast is all about. Each week, we go over what's good or bad in our lives, along with some food talk, to model rejoicing and mourning. We then hit the main topic and finish with some do-betters and can't-do-betters as well. So while it may not be 1215 in Rome, we're treating it like it is. Lunchtime in Rome. What's up, guys? Um, So, Hi, Eric. Hey. That's Eric on the mic. Um, So, good thing today happened today. Maggie had her two-and-a-half-year-old uh doctor's appointment nice everything nice. she's healthy yeah she's super smart everything is pointing to you know she's you know gonna be launching rockets at some day yeah you know, sure kind of working for elon yeah. right um and we had a great day so i took the day off which was nice very um, nice celebratory yeah i mean well and i you know i was like i might amy was off today i had a pto day to burn and um like an extra day that i could take off and Amy's off Tuesdays and Wednesdays, so we could be off together, and she Perfect. doesn't have to burn her PTO, PTO day of her, of her own because she's part-time. And uh, I just thought, let's make a day of it. So we did. And it was great. Great day. Um, we walked around the mall a little bit. Wow. Went up the escalator. <laughs> a few <laughs> times? <laughs> no, actually just once, because we were, at, the, at that point, we were, we were kind of done, um, which kind of takes me to the bad. Oh. So I have this thing. That if I'm sometimes I get hot real quick, depending on what's going on. Temper. Yeah. Yeah. Not temper, a tour. <laughs> right. Not yeah. <laughs> and really? Uh, yeah, why? I haven't seen it. Yeah. I talked to Amy. Um <laughs> but it just depends on it depends mm-hmm. on what's happened leading up to where I am. Well, and like sure, if somebody right. gives you a twenty dollar bill, you don't get angry. Right. But escalators. <laughs> No, so People. like, so it's just one of those things. Like, my foot hurts, and it's like that's annoying me. Yeah. So like, there's all these things that are like are kind of like ping ping in my head, you know, just going. And around. that's like ten days now. Yeah, I know. Um, which is kind of frustrating. But um, so I was thinking about that, and then, you know, I have a hard time when there's a lot going on, like a lot of yeah. noise, and, stimuli. Yeah. So I'm sitting next to Maggie. We took we went out to Kings after doctor's appointment and sitting next to Maggie. We got breakfast and uh, and um, she's just doing her thing and being a toddler. And like I have a hard time with that. Like sometimes I'm like you know Jay, you and I have talked. Like I can't just sit in our living room. I go out of my mind. Like <laughs> just sitting there. Like I'll play with her, but like after so long, I'm just like we gotta go. We gotta it's, like, it's we, we gotta we, we gotta do something. We have to do something. So I'll just get in the car. We'll go to Labriolas, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and so to, to today when we were at King's, like, you know, noise, Maggie's doing her thing. She's fidgeting. She's all over the place. She's touching everything, touching everything on the table that she's not supposed to touch. You know, she grabs the syrup cup and she, you know, she takes the syrup cup, dumps it. Like, no. Oh, oh, I'm like I like I just get so hot like like I could just feel like the blood rush to my head and it was just like this no why can't we just have like a regular day where like nothing like this happens <laughs> and like we just 
have a good day. Like it's just you know. Um, so, but it was it was like I don't want to negate the and, whole. And you day can't get that, comfort like, for that. No, dude, that is that is the one thing that like I don't want to say Amy's not good at comforting me because she is good at comforting me. But in that moment, like I don't know what you're could just the jerk. Me. I'm just the jerk, exactly. <laughs> well, but if you tell it later, you got to find a dad. Who gets it? Right. Because otherwise you get, you meet a two and a half year old, got syrup on them. I, really? Oh, that's too bad. Or you get, oh, oh little kids, little problems. <laughs> big kids, big problems. Right. right. Exactly. Because like, it's like, well, toddlers will be toddlers. You know, what, right. do you, what do you expect? And I'm like, I just. It's not what I expect. Have... It's what I want. Right. I it's want what I no want. syrup all over my kid. <laughs> yeah. Like a whole thing of it. And I was like, oh, gosh. And it was all over the seat. And I'm like wiping this. I, was, I had like eight wipes. Like and, trying syrup, to get... and it's syrup. And it's, it's not syrup. water. It, it's, it's not. Yes. Yeah. It doesn't wipe well. Yeah. You know. Um, but I didn't want to be that guy and leave the booth a mess. You know, like that's, I, I you know, definitely don't want to be that guy. But yeah, it was. <laughs> So, and do you get mad at you afterwards? Oh, absolutely. I, yeah. When you know, so yeah. later on, later later on today, because the day kind of carried on. You know, we came home, had a little bit of a nap, then we went back out, went to Labriolas. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's just a cycle that continues. <laughs> yeah. Dad, this is the fifth time we've been to Labriolas this week. She's gonna be in kindergarten and be like, you know how on every day you go to Labriolas, <laughs> and the kids are like, what's Labriolas? <laughs> no, she like, can say Labriolas. <laughs> yeah, she's like pretty good. Like, oh, and man. she knows that there's like this picture at the Monrovia Labriolas of like this woman with this purple mustache. Like this, she thinks is hilarious. Um, <laughs> but. Um, the uh on the way home we were just talking i'm like i hate that about me mm. you know mm. and i don't want to be that guy but mm. like and, I, and I, I went over with amy like everything that was going on i was like my foot i got <laughs> things going on tomorrow that i can't talk about on the podcast but they're work related but but things going on tomorrow my head's there and i'm like you know want to be i want to be present and i'm angry at myself for but being present present is syrup spilling <laughs> who wants to be there exactly <laughs> exactly so it's just like everything is like crescendoed into this moment and i'm like ah and then we get in the new car with the syrupy kid you know? <laughs> did it become the syrupy seat then no nah, we're good we're good in there i got a uh i got a cover on there now which is good. we hosed her down <laughs> <laughs> well and we got back out to the car and uh amy's looking through the bag she was like I have extra pants. I don't have an extra shirt. And I was like, I'm not mad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was it. Um, food. Syrup. Um, <laughs> syrup. Syrup. No, actually, it was. I prefer. <laughs> tonight, I got uh, eggplant. I've been on this eggplant parm kick. Um, I just love it. But I got it from Labriolas tonight because I just needed something quick. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sponsored by Labriolas. No, not, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Um, but, man, fantastic uh, eggplant parmesan. It was just fabulous. And the Noom thing's going well? Noom thing's going well. I, I did gain this week. I had a day yesterday where it was just, I went off the rails yesterday. No. But I'm not. I'm overall, I'm still down. But, like, sure. you know, I'm trying well, to. I hope so. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, yeah, hell right. of a day. But, uh, no, it's still going well. Um, and, uh yeah, still on target for my goal, so it's all good. And uh, we want to introduce Jared at this time. Yes. Who is going to uh, share a few goods and bads with us as well. Thanks for joining us, Jared. Uh, thank you. Anytime. Uh, I'm proud to actually be here for once. It's uh, yeah. it's weird watching from this point of view and seeing myself on the actual screen. That's, <laughs> a, that's a new spot for me. Um, <laughs> looking uh, casual. Yeah. Got the arm up. Yeah, You're good I mean, to you go. Got to. Got to. Uh, goods and bads this week. Uh, I did not go to Labriolas. That, that oh, was not that's involved bad. You've had yeah. a bad week. That's <laughs> a bad week. That's, no good. No, yeah. good. <laughs> no good there. No good there. <laughs> didn't take his two-year-old anywhere. No, I didn't take him anywhere. Um, so uh, let me start with the bad. Um, so let me think. Being, being a uh, college student, I still have another semester next fall, so I still can't get a full-time job yet unless I want to like do the whole process of part-time and do all that stuff. So I, I'm just looking for a summer internship job, you know, which at this point in life is not very easy with the, the whole – What's your what's your major? Uh, computer science. So yeah. with the whole uh, – Pan- panorama as all the kids are saying these days um <laughs> basically uh the company i worked for cmu last summer and i emailed my old boss and was like hey I'm, I'm still looking for another job uh this summer i still have more school like would you mind taking me back and he didn't answer me for like three weeks and i was like oh maybe like they're trying to figure it out whatever and he emails me back to he goes yeah uh we actually our department got shut down so um uh, you're gonna, <laughs> gonna have to find someone else to hook you up and i was like Oh, thank oh, you. No. I, I was like, well, uh, could you pass my resume on? And he went, 
oh yeah, sure, of course, uh, anytime. And I was like, well, that would have been more reassuring than just saying the department got shut down. <laughs> I was like, that really, that put a damper on my uh, aspirations. But, you know, so that was a bit of a downer because I was yeah. I was hoping they'd just kind of be like, oh yeah, come on back. Like, don't even interview, yeah. just come on back. But yeah. Yeah. it was not, not to be, so... That's rough. That was definitely a bit of a low. I mean, it's not a bad low, but it was definitely just kind of a little. Well, and it's, it's a future low because now you're like, okay, what am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> got to do still, something. There's still potential. It's just you have to, you got to temper temper it a little bit. You know, be can't expect it for grind now. Yeah. So um, the good this week, um, finally got back. I coach soccer at Penn Hills, just like Jay coaches volleyball. Um Basically, for the past four weeks now, it has snowed every Monday night or Tuesday morning, so Penn Hills has been <laughs> online. And since we are an off-season sport, we cannot practice when we're in off-season if there's mm. snow day. So we've been not practicing for four weeks, and we only had the Freilich, which is the indoor turf at Penn Hills, for, I think it was like seven weeks. So we only got three practices in, in our seven-week span. Wow. So that was... That was rough. But then we were able to practice this week, and then the AD said, hey, you can go through March because I feel really bad. You really just have not done anything Good all winter. Steph. Yeah. Yeah. Steph, was, Steph was a real one. She was looking out for us. So that was that was a good time. Um, and then food. Um, so this week, I actually I, I impressed myself. So I'm one of those people being being a person who's just coming into like full adulthood. All right. Like I've cooked on my own for, I want to say, three, four years now. All right. Getting used to it, getting better at it. Um Sunday night, I wanted to make food, and then I, I like, was like, ah, like, do I want to make food? I have some work to do, and I ended up getting Chipotle, and I was like, I want to save some money. Like, I, I'm not going to do that again. And then it was like, I think it was la- or last night, I was like, you know what? I'm going to make my own burrito bowl like Chipotle does. So I made some fajita peppers. I made some chicken, got some guac, some black beans, got a whole nine yards. Spent twice as much on... Um, <laughs> yes, probably. But I mean, I was really proud of myself. Did a little, did a lot of sautéing, did a lot of cooking, did a lot of seasoning. And you can't put a price on that. You no, can't. That was a good experience. And it was delicious. Better than Chipotle. Damn. I would say, I would say no. Oh, but, oh. Uh, <laughs> if, if, I'd say Chipotle's a 10. I put myself at a 7.5. So hey, homemade mm-hmm. 7.5. That's good. Uh, I mean, it's That's real good. Good improvement. I so, do yeah, like some Chipotle. That was a, that was a good, good movement there. I'd say we're, we slowly building. At some point, I'd love to make some real, real nice recipes. But it's like when you're still in school and like school doesn't end at five like everyone else. So it's like some days I'm done, like finish my work that I want to do at like six. And I'm like, I can't make an hour dinner now. Like I, I'd love to, but I can't. I feel you on that one. Yeah. Jay's like an hour. It's <laughs> <laughs> six. Jay cooks eight <laughs> hours a day. So it's, at least. Yeah. He spends four at the grocery store, eight uh, cooking. <laughs> Well, yeah. So I'm gonna get a little. I'm gonna give you a downer here for for a minute for my oh, for my man. bad. Yeah, my bad's real bad. Um, no, but my grandmother uh, was admitted to the hospital oh, today. No. Yeah, I just found out um, this uh, evening. Bunch of group texts and whatnot. So uh, yeah, she's she's okay. We think, but she just had. I guess she had fallen a couple weeks ago oh. and now she was having trouble breathing and and they're still checking her out and everything but it looks like it might be something in the realm of congestive heart issues uh, so mm. like fluid that needs to be gotten right. rid of and that sort of thing um she's she's tough though man she is she's awesome well, so she's got look, tough grandsons uh, I mean clearly uh, clearly I am <laughs> she's a Davidson I mean, people people look at me and they say Tough. tough. Yeah, he's tough. That, that, yeah. Beard, that beard says tough. That does. So, um, so that's my bad. Yeah. Is just sudden. I, you know, I was just yeah. sort of a, a shocker in, out of. Oh, up in Titusville. Ever heard of it? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, so, buddy. but that sucks because you're not there. Yeah. Right. How old is she? Uh, you're oh, that guy. she's up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm just curious because like Chris looks young. You know, she's she's probably. Let me think here. I can do the math. She's, she's about eighty six, eighty seven. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm wowing because, like, as you said that, I'm sitting here going, "You still have a grandmother?" Yeah, she's a young grand. Yeah, right, right. She's a young grandmother for. Because Chris, Chris looks forty five, yeah. but Chris is like what forty. You say I look forty five. I'm sorry, you look twenty five, <laughs> but you look forty. Chris look doesn't 45. look a day over twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, Jared, how old are you? Twenty three. Yeah. Chris is older, twenty-five. Anyway, that was my bad. That's bad company. Um, that's, uh, it's, it's all right. I mean, you know, everybody's like, "Oh, she's she's okay." So it's it's okay. But um, you know, she's in the hospital. She's 
scared slash nervous oh, about it. I hate you it know, when they're scared. Yeah, and she, so she, you know what I mean. She's the one going through it. Everybody else, you know, obviously we care and we're you know concerned, but prognosis looks good. Sure. So it's not. Yeah scary in that sense but being there in the middle of it i just mm. I sort of feel for her right now sure. i guess mostly. oh yeah because you don't want to be there and yeah. all the thoughts and the fears because i take it she, like, she's still living at home and mm-hmm. yeah right. yeah 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 so that's the bad that is bad but guess what i've got a good okay oh. it has to do with the weather today mm. it has to do with it still being sunny and in the 50s after i got off of work oh. it has to do with an open field Oh, snap. You threw a little bit. I threw some discs oh. for the first time. I did a little field work. And, uh, Where'd you go? Up to the school. Poop field? That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> up at the high school. I didn't know if we were allowed field. to say that oh, on the oh. on the air. Is there more poop there now? Like, uh, now that the snow's melted? No, uh, I mean, well, there's always a lot of poop up there. When I got there. <laughs> In different kinds. <laughs> it was real. I've never seen this before. There was a an entire flock of some kind of very small bird. Yeah. That, yeah. And two... Uh, Canada geese. Oh. Just hanging out, walking around. Not Canadian. No. Just no, Canada I heard geese. that. Yeah, they're Canada geese. <laughs> yeah, I think that's correct, actually. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I know the You're jacket looking at me is, like I know. I know the jacket is Canada goose, so. Yeah. Mm. They're like honky. Because they're not from Canada. <laughs> they're actually probably United States Canada geese. Oh. I don't know. That's what th- I heard. How'd you throw? Uh, started out really bad. Sure. Like, really bad and i'm like, <laughs> like i don't i don't think i've ever done this before in my life <laughs> yeah but it slowly improved and my my elbow feels okay so far good i mean it even like out of my hand it hurt my fingers hurt i'm like this isn't supposed to happen i don't remember this ever but um i don't know it was a good it was it just felt good it was refreshing it was on oh, the sunlight and the vitamin d because mm. I mean, you suffer from seasonal effect disorder. <laughs> yeah i do uh i do tend to get a little downtime from time to time especially this time of year this is my that was going to be my bad before i got all the texts about my grandmother was just man this time of year blah right it's the worst it's a big it tease. Over. yeah yeah well like today big tease i'm glad i got out there and did something with it because tomorrow it's back to like 32 or 35 whatever mm-hmm. so this was a nice day it was funny because i went through today as well nice and i was already in a bit of a bad mood and i went up and i'm wearing my sweatshirt and i like threw twice and i'm like too hot and, and if i just take it off i'm gonna be too cold and i kept throwing bad and i'm like this is just dumb and, then, <laughs> and i threw i threw terribly and i like i had new discs and i bought the lighter discs to think if i could turn them over well mm-hmm. i didn't realize that there was a really big wind mm. but not where i was standing so i'm like everything's going left everything's going left and then i walk out there and i'm like oh it's probably the wind is making it go left yeah, so I'm glad I, you I had a good experience. Yeah, and I mean, it was windy too, but I sort of, I at least accepted that. And I was like, okay, here's what my discs do in the wind. Sure. <laughs> you know, sure. trying to work on that. So I was in a bad mood for what's bad in my life. Uh, and that was when we first moved into our house. Well, Rachel moved in a year before I did. 22 years ago, she moved in, 21 me. The back door would just, you know, wedge a little bit when you opened it up, which meant it wasn't level. And as the years have gone on, I've noticed you can't open the back door. More and more and more. Wait one second. Rachel lived in your house before you did? That's correct. Interesting. We weren't going to live together. Well, I just didn't know she lived. I thought you bought the house together. We did buy it together. Oh. In preparation of marriage. When we were engaged. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, like we moved in the day after Thanksgiving in 98. She moved in. We got married July of 99, and I moved in. Wow. I'm sorry to stop. I mean, I spent some time there. I find that a fascinating fact. That's really interesting. We did the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Mm -hmm. Well. Puritans we are. Quick as if you will. (laughs) (laughs) So, and we've noticed over the years our house isn't level. And, okay, there's a crack here. There's a crack there. Okay. And then, you know, you look at the garage, which is now our office, and you're like, it kind of leans a little to the side. And, you know, you're just waiting and waiting and waiting. So, finally, today, Matthew's Wall Anchor Service, not a sponsor, Mm. not going to be. Came out <laughs> and uh, he gave me the preliminary. He knows that the, the garage is sinking and pulling away from the house. And that is definite a problem. But then there's another problem where the front of my house, the entryway. There's always another problem. Might be pulling away this way. But he's not sure because maybe it's the fact that the other side's pulling so much. It's just pulling it away from the entryway. Mm. He's going to bring a supervisor out. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Eh, minimum quote, he said, probably about $30,000. Uh. So... 
Uh, that's interesting. And of course, doesn't homeowner's insurance doesn't cover it. And, uh-huh. you know, you look at it and you go, well, that's, that's interesting. He said, well, one guy did was he had a similar problem. And so instead of fixing the garage, he just leveled it and then built it again with a better foundation. Oh. And I'm like, okay. How much does that cost? <laughs> right. <laughs> and, you know, and if you're going to go big, okay, let's add on a two-story addition to make it our master suite that we ever wanted. Well, what does that cost? I don't know, 100 grand? Uh, you know. Yeah. And so, but that'll at least add extra value to the house. Whereas if we just get the foundation fixed, that just gets us back to where we should be. Right. Not right. where it is. Right. Ugh. But I've got to call my mortgage guy, Terry Calabrese, anyhow, and I'll meet with my financial guy and we'll work and crunch some numbers because I want to talk about college stuff and so it's just money. That's all it is. It's yeah. just money. If you, you know, whatever. It's your house. If we don't do anything, it won't crumble tomorrow, most likely. So that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> most likely. Yeah. Uh, what's good, and I say this pretty often, but it's still true and more true, is church. Um, I'm just really encouraged, you know, this past Sunday especially, but the past Sundays leading up to it, it's just more and more people are, are back. And my dream is that everybody comes back and there's fights over seats because people have been <laughs> have started to come who weren't here when we locked down. Yeah. So if those lockdown people come back, they're like, well, you're in my seat. And the other person would be like, uh, bro, I've been here a are year. You, are you breaking up fights as the pastors? I hope to. The pews? I hope to. I hope to. There was a moment. There was a lot of people there this past week. I think more than we, we've had we've had in the that's past. Most I remember during, yeah, in, a long in the past time. We're year. still physically yeah. distancing. Right. Well, that's the thing. Safe. I was going to say. Mask in, mask out. There was a guy looking for a pew, and he was like going up and down the, the aisle. I don't know who he looked new. He just left. And he well, he was just like... <laughs> everything's taped off like and then he finally found one right but like it was just like wow what's funny is that guy's name is ball guy yeah yeah but he had a mask on so that isn't his name i've met him several times (laughs) no twice and every time he's like yeah we've we've met before and i'm like dad come it so he walked in and i did the panic thing because i've been really good at church with knowing people's names i mean historically i don't but a church guys bless me gives me the ability to remember people's names makes them feel like they belong all that kind of fun stuff he walks in i'm talking to jeff jackson and i was like hey that guy right there I said, well, wait what's his name again he goes um um i think it's jeff and i'm like <laughs> jeff how do you not know another guy named jeff like, wouldn't that ring a bell or... <laughs> and if any of you know jeff jackson it's just the greatest thing because he's a brilliant mind he's a genius he is super like, genius and yet he's who he is and he was like you you would think i would know that <laughs> but so it's not just about the numbers though i mean like people want to join the church which in our church everybody who comes like i always say you're a member whether you know it or not, you're a member of our church. There's no special thing. But if you want to be an elder or trustee or you want to vote, and people like to officially join a church. Some people there's a whole application process and stuff. Uh, there's vetting. There's a lot oh. of vetting. We do background stuff, dark <laughs> web. Oh. Dark web stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um which I that's another story. I had lunch with a guy today who was telling me about the dark web. And I'm like, really? Can't find enough on the regular internet, you gotta go dark. But um some people want to join and people want to join and somebody wants to be baptized. So we're advertising that because I don't want to fill the hot tub, fill the hot tub for nothing. So let's, let's just get as many people in there as we can separately. Um, <laughs> physical distancing. Um, I mean, great, after church, we can image. all hang out. I mean, that's cool. <laughs> One man's baptismals, another man's hot tub. But, um, and I got a new sermon series coming and God's made it nice and clear for me where we're going to go. And it's, and it's funny because through Lent, you, you want to preach about Jesus. You know, you, you can't just. That's a good you, idea. You're right. But like. <laughs> Is that I, not the point of every week? <laughs> well, sometimes I'll, I'll, you know, mix it up. You know, we're, we're those kind of people sometimes. But, you know, there comes a point where you're like, all right, I've, I've preached this before. Yeah. And I don't want people to be like, well, yeah, you, you talked about that two years ago, but like, no, but it's still fresh and it's still new, but it's a different end. And so God right. gave it to me really good, but I'm stuck on the learn to love because I still wonder as I get up there and I talk about everybody having their own ministries and going out and representing Jesus and all this stuff. I still feel like sometimes people are like, all right, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. Right. So do, do I stay on the micro and tell you how to do that better? Or do I break it down and have you start from scratch? If you're even going to start from scratch, or you're just going to go, oh, okay. So I'm sort of, that's sort of like my go to sleep and wake up thing. You know, it's like, all right, what am I going to do? And I pray about it and I fall asleep and then I wake up and I pray about it and go from there. Do a whole sermon on why they should join Young Life. We could, we could use them. Do what was that? Do a whole sermon on how they do can join Young Life. Do a sermon on how they can help support you. Also, also talk about Jesus too, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus, Young Life. Yes. <laughs> what is it? Um, what's the one phrase in Young Life? Uh, Jesus isn't what? 
isn't what we're about jesus is all we're about or something like that yeah, it's something along those yeah, lines there's good. too many phrases in that. yeah that's true <laughs> uh food wise i had some i bought some lamb chomps because i'm still of course doing the carnivore diet and there's a really good price at sam's which is probably the price it always is at sam's but it was a good price and lamb is you know lamb's lamb it's got that little bit of gaminess to it whatever else it was i mean i like a leg of lamb that i can put on the charcoal grill get it black and crusty on the outside and fill it with garlic on the inside and medium rare lamb chunks a little more finicky but uh these lamb chops were were lovely nice just salt pepper garlic you know like i marinated them but uh, you know it was good sounds simply delicious but i have been marinating over a great relationship i have with a guy by the name of jared frank nice i friend requested jared and he he didn't even accept right away um this is fact this is very factual actually because uh i'd heard he was coming to be a volunteer leader with young life in pittsburgh so i just requested he didn't know that i knew who he was or who i was so he waited but jared's with us he's with us every week for the most part if not live eventually because he is at pit he is not only a student but you're a grad student mm-hmm. former means- former student and now grad student right an alumnus. An alumni. Yes. Yes. Alus, uh, alumnus I. <laughs> um, but you also do a little bit of teaching as well. Mm-hmm. But your story doesn't start there. And that's what we're here today is get to know Jared. Jared, tell us just a little bit about growing up on the on the lesser part of the state. Um, <laughs> Haverford? For the, well, yeah. let's let's make sure everybody, for those of you that don't live in the Pittsburgh area, we are from Pittsburgh. Jared is from the Philadelphia area. Philly. Philly. Yes. Yes. Where they say water. There are rivals. <laughs> Where they say water. water. Yeah. I, I, do, I do not say he's, water. He's a Wawa over sheets guy. <laughs> I am a pure Wawa over sheets guy, and I will take that to the grave. <laughs> I don't have, like, I don't, I'm not that guy. Right. I don't get offended by I that. I don't one. believe sheets is, I don't believe sheets is bad. Yeah. I just don't believe sheets does things superior to Wawa. Like, sheets to me says gas station. Wawa says convenience store could be like a deli. That's the thing. Right. Wawa's quality is better than its quantity. Sheets' quantity is better than its quality. Okay. I, I can respect that. And I like Get-Go. Ho- like, their hoagies and stuff are better than Sheets. Never. Yeah. I've we never had, we enjoy a good Wawa when we're uh, traveling here and there. Yeah. So tell us about growing up. Tell, and one of the nice things about Jerry, when we asked him to be on the podcast, I said, have you taken the release and heats questionnaire? <laughs> He's like, yeah, twice. <laughs> nice. I, took, I took the old one, then took I took the, beta. the new one. Yeah, I took the beta, took the new one, and then couldn't find my results, took it again, just to have the updated ones, you know, because you, you do change, you know. That's what everyone tells me when I'm this age. You're just changing. So, I mean, <laughs> it happens. Well, tell us about where you were starting before you got to where you were changing. Yes. it's <laughs> a way to put it. Um, So, yeah, I grew up in uh, Hartford, PA, just outside of Philadelphia. Both my parents are from neighboring towns. They met at church and then got married back in, uh, would have been 93. I was born in 97. So just in between Jay getting married and moving into a house, I think in that process. So if it makes you feel old, makes you you feel old, makes you feel old. No. Um, (laughs) Reveals it. (laughs) But yeah. So um, grew up in a very suburban town. I'd say similar to Penn Hills. um, Very much more white and very Irish. Uh, It is some people call it the uh, what would be the thirteenth county of Ireland. It's it's very Irish. You can look really, it up. I didn't know that. Yeah, they're very excited for St. Patrick's Day every I year. There's more so. Irish pubs than you can find anywhere else. That's for sure. There's a road trip for Amy. There is a road yeah, trip. Trust for me, Amy. I I can walk down the main street in my town and I can get to seven at minimum. So wow, yeah, nice. Nobody yeah. likes a bragger, Jerry. <laughs> uh, I, I I couldn't go to them until recently, so <laughs> they weren't helping me out. But now I um, went to high school at the local public high school. Go Fords. Uh, that's another fun fact. My high school's mascot is the uh, Ford Model T, like the car. Interesting. Huh. Haver Ford. Haver Ford Fords. Huh. Now, is that just because of the name Haverford? Is yes. there some In- connection with Henry Ford? Is no connection to no us. Connection. It is just that we are Ford, and they wow. want it to be different. We don't want to be the Bobcats or the Lions or no the Tigers. Animal. No, we said we're going to be a car, and we were <laughs> a car. We are the Fords, and the of course Lady Fords, as if there is genders to cars. <laughs> well, you you got to check the undercarriage. <laughs> as I say, our, uh, our mascot was the uh, robotics team built it a little Ford car that had a t-shirt. 
t-shirt cannon on it. Ah, uh, fun. Could not get over to the wrestling mat at the pep rally, but what are you going to do? <laughs> Poor. <laughs> but, um, yeah, grown up in suburban Philadelphia, very similar to Pittsburgh, I'd say. Um, and then, yeah, so I went off to college. Um, well, slow down, slow down. Slow down. Oh, oh, so growing slow. up, mom, dad, younger brother. Younger brother, yep. Four mom years and dad younger. still together. Mm-hmm. Good all-American family. Yep. It's all good. Basics. And you were a good kid. Yeah, I mean, I grew up going to church and all that, and I was the first child, so I didn't have a choice, really. Sure. If I wanted to be bad, my mom would not have allowed that in any way, shape, or form. And so mom's the stricter of the two? Yeah. Most of the headbutting happened with mom growing up because my mom is the oldest, so she had the rules, and my dad was the youngest, so he was like – he did not enforce the rules, but he was like, like, I support your mom. That was the statements. (laughs) That was the statement. And he he fully supported his mom, so. His mom. Not his mom. He does support his mom and my mom. Yes. <laughs> and so she was one that was would be the one that would give discipline and set the expectations. And dad was sort of the not really heavy. If if my dad, my dad's one of those people that he's very slow to anger. But if he got angry, you knew you were really in, in deep. So it more was than more, a syrup thing. It took him a while to get hot. But when he got hot, it was. Could you like men, not mention? Do you remember like, yep, there was that time. And there was that time, or is it just whenever it happened? Um, I, I'm hard. I'm not asking you for examples. I'm just saying, yeah. is it so rare that you definitely remember? I, de- I think it was rare enough. I definitely remember. Sure. I remember, I, at least I remember a time with my brother. At least I think it definitely happened to me, but I remember times with my brother. So okay. it's easier. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's lighter. But um, So is that why do you think, because one of your highest needs is acceptance. Actually, it's your highest need, which is six uh, on the scale of zero to ten. Do you think that comes from mom mom being on point and mom taking care of things so you didn't want to make mistakes? Um, yeah, I mean, the the joking phrase in our family growing up was always, it's not what you do right, it's what you did wrong. Oh. Mm-hmm. Which, it's it was never meant in like a bad way. It wasn't like if you did something wrong, it was like, oh, it was more or less like, I feel like my parents just kind of always wanted to say that what you did wrong, like they wanted to make it known, they didn't want to let things like kind of, like if you were like, I don't know, like talking back to them or like sneaking out. I didn't sneak out, but like if you like were like going somewhere you weren't supposed to, like it was always they made a point to let that be known. But I think it was in a sense like there wasn't like it was kind of this almost expectation that like like reassurance or like I'm trying to think of a phrase, but like support in that way of like, hey, like like you're doing great for just being you. It was kind of almost an expectation, which I don't think was made me any different or was wrong. It's just that's what I was used to in a way, you know, there was a very high standard. Yeah, the like the standard. The standard is was the standard. The standard was the standard. And it yeah. was very high. I would say. I mean, yeah, my parents. They didn't. They not never, unattainable. I'm not. I'm no, not saying no. unrealistic, but it was very clear what mm-hmm. the expectations were. It was were. never. It was never me figuring out what they wanted from me. It was always made known. Like this is like how you should act in this way, at least behavior wise. They weren't sure. trying to tell me like go off and be a farmer or something like that. Right. Like my what I want to do with my life was my own choices. It was more like how you act around adults or how you should be around friends and stuff. Like that was kind of like this is this is what we're looking for. Kind and of what thing. happens so when you if if you fell short, what was the repercussion? Verbal? Was it grounding? Was um, it I would say it certainly um, was verbal. I'd say I was more verbal. I mean, I I did get grounded. I mean, I would definitely had points in which I was not being the best kid. I definitely had spots, but well, yeah. And I just want to jump in and just remind the listeners because I feel like this is one we could remind them of every week that acceptance is not the same as approval, belonging. So, Jared, that means that your your biggest need is being acceptance is, um. Your parents, for example, accepting you, loving you, despite your missteps, shortcomings. Yeah. 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 So do you feel like, is that something that you feel like in your youth that they fulfilled or do you feel like that was lacking? I feel like it was definitely one of those things where at the time I felt like it was challenging. But now looking back on it as an older adult, I realized that they always were supportive and they provided me support it's just at the time it's like you know how it is with like teenagers you both have had teenagers where it's like i hate you mom and dad you won't let me do this like you're being you're being harsh on me it's like but if they weren't like i wouldn't be the person i am today and i'm grateful for that now so i feel like in retrospect i see the way you see the value i see a lot of the value in it but at the time i feel like you definitely could make the argument that that if you'd asked me at age of like 16 i would have been like no my parents don't like me like they never give me any support kind of thing you know but Mm -hmm. i wasn't i feel like it was just something i didn't notice because i wasn't taking the time to i was just looking at the bad whenever they didn't let me be the hooligan because you were a teenager Mm -hmm. which is 
as looking at the idea of me being a parent, I'd do the same thing almost. Right. And it goes with your one of your second highest, which is approval, which is what most people think is acceptance. Mm-hmm. Approval slash belonging. So, you know, you knew it was important to be a Frank. And mm-hmm. Franks don't X, Y, Z. And that's why you were reminded, hey, it's, you know, I, you can do a thousand good things, but if you screw up on X, Y, and Z, that's not what we do. Mm-hmm. And it, so, again, if, if, if they didn't do that, you probably wouldn't have as high of a need for acceptance. You'd probably have a higher need for attention. Or, yeah. you know, imagine if you did something wrong and they'd go, whatever. Mm-hmm. But yet it conditions us to be who we are mm-hmm. and, and to have that need. Now, do you see that? need for acceptance play out in other circles. So whether, go ahead, you jump it on that. Yeah, I would say, I feel like in this thought, I always feel like I have this intrinsic sense of guilt to things that I like commit myself to in a way, you know, I feel like, and I think that kind of relates to acceptance almost of like, well, sure, I'm not doing enough or mm-hmm. I haven't met the needs. Like in terms of like things with like young life, et cetera, like when I commit to something and I feel like I'm not doing what like I've committed to and I'm like maybe letting someone down or I just kind of bail on something. I have this almost intrinsic guilt of like, I like, this is not the standard I would want to set for myself, which I feel like almost relates to what was set for me when I was a kid. You Absolutely. Know? Like, so that's what I've kind of built into myself, which I think is a positive way to do it. Cause it allows me to not just kind of like, I feel like that would, it feel like because that's what I've done. It bothers me when people like almost half do things and they like, like they commit to something like, Oh yeah, like I'll come fix your yard. And then it's like six weeks later, it's like, Hey, you going to come? And it's like, ah, I mean, I just never got to it. What it's are you like, going to do? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so it's like, it's like, I feel almost, I would feel that guilt at a point of like, I, I should be doing this. Like I, if I'm not going to do it, I should at least tell them, you know, like something like that. I feel like that I built this intrinsic sense of guilt that like, some people I feel like don't have, but I definitely, sure I don't. feel it in myself. At right. And it's good that you're aware of it. And so then you leave and you go away to pit. No, I, so this is no, a fun no, fact. You I, go don't, away I don't, I don't, I go away to uh Bloomsburg university right. of Pennsylvania, which is um basically the store. Long story short is I was offered a, a hefty scholarship to go there. And um I actually, <laughs> this is a fun fact. I like to tell my mom actually applied there for me. I oh, had wow. so it's near our family. So it's near our family. It's near. Our, <laughs> it's near our family cabin, and they have a uh, decent computer science program. And it's a state school, so it is cheaper. And not that that's a big thing, but they were like, "Well, if you want to, if that's a good option to have as a safety school, you know." So I applied. My mom did the application in front of me. I wasn't. I did not know. I knew, but I was like, "I have no interest in going here." Like I toured there. It's near Williamsport, PA, which you know is that's not Pittsburgh. Banging. It's not Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, so that is did. the uh, isn't that the Little League uh, Little League World Series? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you get one week a year. Yeah, <laughs> something going on. Yeah. So um, basically, she applied for me, and I forgot about the application and didn't really care. And then one day, I'm sitting at Chipotle with my friends, and like you do, my mom, my here. mom, my mom calls me and goes, "Yeah, I mean, for <laughs> some of us, it's Chipotle. You know, that's our restaurant." Um, but no, uh, I'm sitting there. My mom calls me and first apologizes because she says I opened your mail, which she says she doesn't like to do, but she did one time, and it was that they had given me a hefty scholarship to go there. And I basically spent the next however many months debating did I want to go to Pitt? Did I want to go to this school? Go to Bloomsburg for less? Did I want to go to like Drexel was another school I looked at? Mm. So I basically, I didn't, Mm -hmm. I actually put money down at um, Drexel and Bloomsburg when the time was came to commit, and I ended up just deciding in the summer. I was like, you know what? I, I talk to my parents like if I hate it there, I hate it there, and I leave after a year. And I've spent less money than if I go to Drexel, and I don't like it as much. Or I always think, what if? So I go there for a year, and I feel like I get in that freshman year facade, you know, where college is college, college is fun, you know, mm-hmm. like it's a different experience, it's a whole new world. Not for the kids now. I feel bad about that, but that's, well, we'll get into that story later. Um, and I feel like I get into that facade where college is exciting. So I always go, you know, I wasn't bad, and I'm saving money. Let me go another year. So I go another year. And then I like that sec that fall into the spring. I just get so like, I would say, I almost would say like depressed in a way where I'm just like, this is not what I envisioned my life coming out to be. Like, Mm. I just, I miss the way I always phrase it was, I felt like I wasn't impacting anyone or doing anything. Mm. Like, I always had this thought of, I wanted to go off and do something in my career that like I could hang my hat on. And like, the program in that school was mostly like, we want you to go make money, go get a job. So that's what you're going to go do. And I was like, that's just not what I'm envisioning. I want to do something bigger than that. Like go get a, a bigger, better degree, do some research, do something exciting. And I just didn't find that there. So midway through my junior or sophomore year, I applied to transfer to Pitt because I had some friends that went there and I had a good computer science program. And then um, 
basically ended up at Pitt. And then that's when I met Jay. And during this whole time I've been doing Young Life, that's also another part of what plays into all this. I had been a part of it in high school and I really enjoyed it. So I came into, came into, uh, went to Pitt, got connected to that right away, got placed in Penn Hills. And I've been there since what would have been 2018. So three years now. So not, not too, too shabby in a way. And then went on and graduated this past spring with a degree in computer science and then went right into a master's in computer science program this past fall. And I'm just How's that going? chugging away with that. Is it challenging? So it's a weird up and down. This past fall, um, the classes were a bit challenging. I had one like networking class that was very challenging that I like was like, man, like this is what grad school's like. But like this semester I took I'm taking four classes. You take three to four. You don't take a whole 15 or 18 sure. courses. Um, and they're all pretty easy, at least in my, what I've done so far. Like there's none of them that I'm sitting there like really like cranking out or like being afraid that I'm falling behind or anything. Like it hasn't been that bad. So I don't know. It's definitely been up and down in the two semesters I've taken. So, so with your schoolwork, you know, as far as, like you said, it was challenging, that kind of stuff. Where does security, which is another one of your highest needs, how do you think that manifests itself? Is that more like, hey, what's my future going to look like? What's the summer going to look like? Mm-hmm. Or is it more relational? Or, or how do you think that applies? I think I think it's definitely involving with um, evolves in a way of, um, I'd say with my future in a way. I mean, and this is a topic I wanted to kind of to, to throw out there just to kind of be discussed of a way of like, when you think about how the pandemic impacts people, it's like, I was one of those people that through senior year was trying to figure out where I want to do. I had worked at Comcast the previous summer back in Philadelphia and was talking to them about going back and working for them again because I really enjoyed it there. And I was also like, maybe I'll do grad school. Maybe I won't. I was kind of just sitting around and praying about it, hoping that something was decided. And then basically the pandemic happens and it goes, I go, well, I don't know what's going on with the world, let alone with myself. Sure. Where do I go from there? You know? Mm. And it's, I think it's an un, it's, I don't want to say it's like an underrepresented idea, but like. I definitely feel for the kids that were like seniors in high school. My brother's a senior in high school and I feel for him of like missing out on senior prom and all those things. I feel like Mm -hmm. that's exciting. But if you think about the college seniors, like in my spot, like, I remember when you were graduating college, like you didn't, you were trying to figure out what you were going to do with your life. Like for college, for high school seniors, it's like, well, I know I'm probably going to college and your school's like, your college is not taking away spots. They're not like, oh, we're cutting you now because of COVID. They're like, no, still come. We need your money because that's college. But right. um, you can sit at home and watch it on TV, exactly. but we're going to still yeah, charge yeah, yeah, you yeah. full we're tuition. Gonna, we're not going to take it away from you. But like jobs, like I had many, like Comcast basically once the pandemic hit was like, yeah, no, we're, we're not taking you. And I had friends that I had worked with the previous summer that like had offers that they were like, yeah, we're taking that back. Like mm. it just kind of like. It's, it's like the hardest, one of the hardest transitions you go through for some people that was just piled on top of not knowing what's going on with anyone. Hmm. So it was definitely like, I feel like that plays in security of like, I always had that question of like, well, what's like, there's, I feel like every big decision in my life has never been like super easy. Hmm. So I feel like that plays into security in a way of like, sure it does. I've always like changing schools, going to college, going what to do after college has always been a big thing where it's like I never had a cut and dry path of I'm going and doing this. You yeah. never got a letter in the mail that said do this or you never got the big red phone from God which said this is my will for you. Yeah, no. You're like I, I, I wasn't, think I wasn't like dad I'm taking over the family business and that's going right. to be my life. Like I was always like kind of like I, I wanted to find my own path but then it it was like the counterpoint of well your own path you have to discover yourself and that takes some It's time. like a lack of security for the unknown. Mm-hmm. You know, like that Un, just a, and to a degree unknowable right yeah sure like not just what you don't I mean, know no, none of us know the future right but you didn't you, you know you're you're stepping out into the unknown and everything that you know each step that you take is is fresh like mm-hmm. you said it's it's you're, you're trying to find your way not it's nothing's made for you ahead of time so uh and i think yeah. back to you talking about your family and it was everything was clear Dad's role was this. Mom's role was that. You're the big brother. Your brother's the little brother. Everything makes sense. But then you start going to Young Life, and it wasn't in your school, correct? Um, at my high school, yeah, or, or was it? No, it wasn't my. It just started in my high school. It wasn't very. But didn't big. you go to like another club first? Yeah. So when I was at Bloomsburg, I basically we I started a new club at a new school, which in itself is very challenging. I've I found out and. Um, that was definitely something where it was like, I, like my high school, when we had done it, like a lot of kids showed up, it was exciting. Like it was well known what was going okay. on. It was pretty simple. I got to Bloomsburg. That was challenging where not only am I with middle school kids who are yep. interesting themselves, they'll, they'll start with that. But, um, yeah. So then it was like, Hey, like you're gonna like be the one, like I was spearheading the team. Cause I was the only person who knew what it was like to be like, Hey, like 
start doing events, start meeting kids, start doing stuff. And like, that was definitely like something where I was like, oh, like this is a new place to put myself in. Like I had never really done ministry. And this is your freshman year or sophomore year? Freshman and sophomore year both. Yeah. So you started leading right away Mm -hmm. as a freshman. You didn't go through Mm -hmm. like any. I mean, I went through like three weeks and then the staff guy was like, hey, we really need you to start getting out there and meeting some kids. Like we have some like committee people that want like this started. And I was like, I I guess I was was still trying to figure out like who I was in college and I was already off trying to. But that's like, that's a crazy few months for you because you go from. Oh wait, mom, you did you you signed me up for where? And then you end up going to a school that you didn't pick mm-hmm. right off the bat. You eventually made the decision. I'm not yeah, knocking yeah, yeah. your mom. And then you get involved with Young Life and they're like, okay, now you go do this. And you're having these big decisions made for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and now here you are ready to make your biggest decision of your life, which is what am I gonna do? And I can't even make a decision because nobody's hiring and we're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And it, that's debilitating. It definitely I feel like that definitely leads to a lot of i don't want to say doubt but it definitely leads to the thing where insecurity when yeah when you when you get to a spot like now i feel like whenever i get an opportunity like the cmu thing like when i got that i was like i want to try and hold on to that like i know they i was like they're a government company i was like they're definitely just gonna hopefully want me back like they're contracted and then <laughs> yoink yeah sure enough uh, the project ends and the department gets closed and you you just you take your lumps you know yeah but yeah no so it's i feel like i've never really thought about that in that aspect i always just thought like when I have to do big decisions, it's just been challenging. I just thought, well, that happens to most people. Like, big decisions aren't usually easy for people. So I- Now, as you're dealing with that on one side of your life, you're also a volunteer at Young Life, still working with high school kids. I think right now it's high school yeah, kids, yeah, right? Yeah, Not middle school. school. Yeah, yeah. School. So you're working with high school kids. You are, you know, trying to be a positive impact on their life, lives, mm. and... So how how has that been for you? Uh, the sort of the, those two the the insecurity on one side and yet on the other side, almost trying to provide security and stability and a place to to feel safe for for kids. Yeah, I think that's definitely something where, and I mean, it all comes back to the the point of Young Life's mission in a way is like I'm just a vessel to provide those kids a way to Jesus. It's not for me to say like. The, the main thing I say to you in Young Life is, like, you if you're trying to act like you're the person the kids are going after, like, you're just going to end up failing. Like, J.B. Ward one time talks about a time where some kid literally after, like, a, a club talk just went, like, J.B., I want to give my life to you. And he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, you missed, you missed the boat on this one, son. But um so that's the thing is, like, if you, I feel like if I was more caught up in doing it, like, if this was more of a, like – volunteer if i was doing it just out of my own like excitement and just being like i want to be the cool college kid who coaches soccer for high school like guys. big brother big sister yeah, like yeah, i'm yeah. gonna be your mentor follow me mm-hmm. i feel like that would definitely just be challenging because it's like how am i supposed to tell kids who are choosing where to go to college like like i can tell them like i didn't know where to go but how am i supposed to be like yeah like you just it'll all just fall into place when i'm just like oh my mind's not falling into place yet mm. like i'm still figuring mine out like i'm not on my what i thought would be a perfect path you know so i think it definitely it's doable and it's something that like I can compartmentalize, but it's also something where it's like I try not to overstep into things that I know that I myself am not even sure of, you know? And I think that's where the two have to be separate of like where I know when I can speak into someone's life and where I know I have to just kind of say, you're going to take your lumps. You're going to figure it out. I just have to be alongside you and support you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's really a lot of it is is – letting them not be alone in those moments and just saying, Hey, no matter what I got you and I'm here for you because in essence, that's what God basically says to us. You know, mm-hmm. God may say, I will never leave you nor for, you know, forsake you. And you're like, I ain't going nowhere, <laughs> but it's still a very similar thing. Do you have anything else as we sort of conclude this portion? Tell us, not do you have, tell us a little bit about you've, you've opened the door to the college experience in the past year. Um, what have you seen? How's it been for you? having your senior year disrupted. I know you talked about not being able to make decisions, but what do you see in your friends and, and what is it like to be a college student in the past 12, 12 months? Yeah. I think the biggest thing that almost comes into play here is that those that are in college right now, I feel like the transition's hard, but it's not the, like it's different for every person. There are many people I know that still like that are pit students who are now seniors or juniors or sophomores who were already connected on at school, were already knew what they were doing. And like this to them is just kind of like a roadblock. You know, it's like, oh, like I can't like join the clubs I was going to be a part of in person like I did last fall and all that. Or like some of them are like, oh, like I just like a couple things are different. So for them, it's not a it's not a big like end all be all like college is not 
the worst, but it's definitely like different. And then I feel like there's some kids where ones who are just staying at home for this semester or ones that are like my brother who are freshmen in college where it's like they're just in such a obscure spot compared to their expectation of college that they're like, man, like I was excited to be like going to big lectures to experience things like that, to like join all these clubs, to go to sport like big football, college football games and sporting event. Like I feel like to them, like Nothing. you've you like the facade of college is almost this thing that it's going to be very exciting. It's going to be something new. And I think when you get out there, like in this situation, it's like, yes, it's new, but is it the new you wanted? You know, I feel like every kid comes out to college and goes, I just want to take everything in. I want to do something new. And then I feel like this was a lot of, well, I want to take it all in, but like some of it kind of sucks. I don't really want mm. all of that. <laughs> and I feel like for each person, there's a part that's kind of rough. And for some, it's more than others. So like there's a, it's a whole spectrum of some kids are like, well, I mean, I took a couple lumps, but I'm still like, I feel like my life is still in a good spot. And some are like, this is uh, this doesn't look like me any time prior to this, whether I was or wasn't in college, you know. So I think it's like every college kid needs support in some way because I can't I can't name a single person I know who who's in college or graduated like I did and just went. I mean, the pandemic didn't hurt me like I'm still on the same path like it, it impacted every single one of us in some way because college is full of changes. And like a lot of college kids grasp onto what control they have because so many things change and so many things come in and out of their life because it's four years of just figuring out your career while trying to do well in classes and then decide what you're doing while you're in it that like people try and gravitate with what they can hold. So the fact that now every, some things they could hold were dropped. Like a lot of them are just struggling of like, man, what do I even control now? Like that loss of control is much more nebulous. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so you're saying it's, it was very difficult for seniors because what are you going to do with your life? Terrible for freshmen, because I would say college can be a huge letdown Anyhow, like mm -hmm. you have in your, like you said, the expectations mm -hmm. and then you get there and you're like, well, this is really hard. And I don't have 50 friends like I thought I was going to have. And, 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 mm. oh, and I'm not allowed to leave my dorm room. And I wonder how many dropouts, how many kids have dropped out? How many kids have gone by the wayside? How many kids didn't go to school this fall because of that? Yeah. And what the, you know, the longer ramifications of that, of that are. I do like that you said sort of sophomores and juniors are sort of like they're ready. They're already used to the grind uh -huh. and it's just a roadblock. Yeah. It's just kind of like, well, I can't go study with my study group or like I can't be a part of like X, Y, and Z that was this way when I was in class last fall you know, or right. like last year. So it definitely, it's hit everyone differently and it's definitely had negative impacts on everyone. It's just a matter of like what areas in college it is. So yeah. as a guy with a high need for security, um, I, I know that it hasn't manifested itself with worry over the pandemic you know you're you take care of yourself you wear your mask when you're supposed to you don't freak out you don't yell at anybody I've, at least i haven't seen you do that have you seen a lot of that the security like have you seen people super worried about the virus you know we all we have to accept people for who they are we all have different needs mm -hmm. but you see some like i know of some people who are really struggling like college students who have had to come home who are deathly afraid of it mm -hmm. who you know have you have you experienced that not yourself but have you have you seen that in other people yeah i've definitely seen people where like i know situations of people where they because a lot of people at in college housing at least at pit you sign a lease for the next year far beyond like people who are living in college housing right now signed their lease for this year last october november such like they sign almost a year in advance yeah. so a lot of them are living in these houses of people who like some of which are like not following the same guidelines they want to be following mm -hmm. or some of which like are just like not being the way they wanted them it's like you don't know your roommates in a pandemic until a pandemic happens hmm. and i know a lot of them have struggled that and some of them have gone home some of them have just said like i need to move out like it's been there's everyone has varying tastes and when you're living in college housing with people that you are your friends, but are they your friends in the same aspects that you knew? Because, I mean, you can't vet everyone you know. Like, you, you they weren't talking to them last November going, if we're in a pandemic, are you going to be responsible <laughs> and uh, caring of my needs in that time? <laughs> so I, it's definitely been something where lots of people, like, have had to change what they're doing or change, go home, et cetera, just to adapt and, to, as I kind of say, take control of what they can take control of in a way. So. Well, I appreciate that. You know, in this time period, in this pandemic and everything else, we we can only do what we can do, but there's sometimes and some people in life they can definitely do better. Do better. Dateline. Bing. Florida man. Say it ain't so. Florida. I made it. Brian. Is it Brian? No. Is it Brian? Not this week. <laughs> I may not even have to read the article. Florida man with state tattooed on forehead <laughs> calls nine one one for ride home. 
Is this the the shape of Florida on his forehead? That's correct. Is this, is it's this not a, a good. I'm a just ma- gonna say this. It's not a good. It's not a shape. good state tattoo. Texas, I could see. Sure. Was it a, was it a new tattoo? Had he just <laughs> yeah, got it? Sure. No. You know what I mean. Yeah, a man a with a Florida tattoo on his forehead has been arrested for calling nine one one twice to get a ride home. Matthew Lethan, twenty two, dialed nine one one to request a ride home after four a.m. in the Newport Ritchie suburb of Tampa. A Pasco County deputy found Lethan and offered to call him a cab. That's very nice. Yeah. But said he didn't have any money, the complaint said. Lethan then began walking in the direction he lives. And again, called 911 asking for a ride. (laughs) The officer caught caught up to him and arrested him as he was on the line, on the phone, according to the complaint. Is that a picture of him or is that just an ad? Authorities said the officer charged Lethan and found marijuana. Ah, oh, Lethan. Lethan. Yeah, here's his picture here. Oh, that's not. It's, it's a small. It was, it's a small it tattoo. Yeah, it's, it's like really a, not forehead. It's, it's more. It's, I mean, it's like a Harry no Potter scar. Thing, I'll tell you this: there's no such thing as a small face tattoo. <laughs> Every tattoo on your face is more than it needs to be. Harry Potter has a scar. That man has Florida. Yeah, <laughs> it is. That's placed like yeah. That's that's a right good down uh, in between the eyes almost. <laughs> so I think he could do better. I would hope how about as far as compassion almost can't do better from that first cop i mean just trying to help the guy right. out. that's a, like that's well, a lot like, can't do better because like, a lot of patience is like, like bro if we come out and get you like we can arrest you for yeah uh public drunkenness or whatever whatever we, he was yeah yeah i don't know what the laws are down in florida but uh <sighs> Everybody walks around drunk in Florida. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I have my own very personal do better story. This actually, this might be our first guest bringing their own do better can't do better. I, I love the show. And Trends I love this it. was all right. So this was something that um, it's 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 in the pit news technically. So this is a local kind of story huh? here in a way. Breaking. So basically, <laughs> I'll, I'll give the synopsis because the article is very poorly written in a way. But uh, do better. The student government board elections for Pitt happened on uh, I think it was. Tuesday, like from 12, to 12 in the morning to 12 at night, there was the elections for the new president of Pitt, student government. Now, were you allowed president. to mail those in? No, that was that was that was online. There's there was that. So um, long story short, uh, the I believe it was on Monday night. So the night before the election at 10 o'clock, one of the there's two competing parties. It was like virtue and vision were the two competing parties. OK, I don't know why they give themselves names. The night before the election, virtue filed a student conduct uh, appeal against the the other top party because they were supposedly selling toothpick holders that were supposed to look like shot glasses to students in one of the student unions to for their campaign and end up getting them kicked out of the race at exactly 11.59 that night they oh concluded boy. the case. Oh boy. But the, almost the, the comeback story of it is that that group uh, Virtue then just said well support this independent girl who was like the third party that just kind of was like I want to run they said support her <gasps> she me. she won the election oh can't do better wow. yeah. can't do better <laughs> that is <laughs> like ba- that's a total that's like the epitome of a backfired that's master fantastic. plan like blew up in, his, in their I face you know? everyone was just like wow. they were like well I don't really like Virtue for pulling that move or I guess we're just gonna vote for this random girl and she yeah. won and then everyone was like I guess we're happy now. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. That's so amazing. We're all just going to acknowledge that virtue did do, the dirty thing. Yeah, uh, do better. Vision didn't see it coming, <laughs> <laughs> and Sally rolls into the presidency. Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was a it was a trying time. I mean, here's the thing: if you ask your here's the if you ask your average Pitt student, they would have no clue about it. But boy, oh boy, was I invested. <laughs> 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 That's fantastic. Yeah, that ended up being high drama. You know what else is fantastic? Not doing better. I mean, do, doing, doing. Not doing better <laughs> by Chris Davidson. Doing better, not, you say. <laughs> Can't doing better? There I don't know how you wow. say that. All right, here we go. 60 years ago, he couldn't afford college. Now he's donating $20 million to fulfill the dreams of students today. Wow. Yes, it's it's a, it's a nice little story here. So, it's a double whammy when marginalized students who traditionally faced financial barriers to obtaining degrees find themselves drowning in debt by the time they graduate. Speaking of uh, you know, yeah. expensive colleges, Jared, a uh, few know the challenges of this particular obstacle better than Calvin Tyler, who abandoned his own collegiate dreams six decades ago when tuition became too steep. Um, 
He went to college in 1961, had to drop out in 1963, and took a job as a UPS driver. Okay, very unassuming, right? However, he stayed with the company. By the time he retired in 1998, Tyler was senior vice president of U.S. operations and was seated on the UPS board of directors. Hmm. So since then, uh, starting in 2002, he and his wife uh, established the Calvin and Tina Tyler Endowed Scholarship Fund, and they have been donating money to to uh, students in need. In 2016, he raised his bar to $5 million that year, and this year, pledged $20 million. So it's not a That's total amazing. of twenty. Right. I believe it's a it's yes, much more that's than a new, all those years that's in between. new pledge. Yeah. Right. That's amazing. Well, don't go to college is it's what like, that says. It's right. Like, don't like go a, to it's college. A Scott's Tots in a way. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. Scott's Tots. So, I mean, I just <laughs> always admire stories when uh, people give them back. I mean, just. Well, and like working from nothing to. Right. Oh, right. Rags to riches. Make, rags to yeah. riches and then saying, I'm going to. Turn wow. around he and must help have worked you. Incredibly hard, right? That's awesome. A lot yeah. of packages. That is a lot of packages. <laughs> and that's how we like to end it uh, on a good note. <laughs> There's a lot of packages. <laughs> a lot of packages. <laughs> uh, that's it for episode 104. Please make sure to give us a like or a follow on social media and visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com while there. Take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table, Jared, and uh, thanks for everybody joining us at the table for this episode. Whether you're watching live or listening later on, you are always welcome. And for that, I will say, see you next week. See you later. I'm going to visit Bloomsburg. Bye. This woman with this purple mustache like this, she thinks is hilarious. Um, so this week, I actually, I, I impressed myself. They're like, honky. My fingers hurt. One man's <laughs> baptismal is another man's hot tub. You got to check the undercarriage. We got to do something. We have to do something. Guys just get so hot. I want no syrup all over my kid. <laughs> college is college. Not doing better. I mean, do, doing, doing. Not doing better by Chris Davidson. <laughs> doing better not, you say. 